This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story this episode. Though Midnight Hunt has only recently appeared to us, Innistrad Crimson Vow is barreling towards us at an alarming rate. They're not as alarming as it did Odric. Ah, oh, come on, Kit, too soon. At any rate, the full set has been previewed, and the pre-pre-release by Loading Ready Run has aired, so it's time we go to Diz to get the summary of the new mechanics and themes. Diz? Thank you, Kit. Jake's right, by the way. Way too soon. I told you. Crimson Vow starts off with the return of Daybound and Nightbound, disturbing decayed zombies. But it's not just the same old, same old as new mechanics abound. First up, we have Cleave, an alternate casting cost mechanic that eliminates certain words when you pay that cost. A strong example is Dig Up, which has a primary cost of 1 green and lets a player search their library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it into their hand. However, if it's cast for its cleave cost, the words basic land and reveal it are removed, making it functionally a diabolic tutor. This feels like Kicker. Yeah, it's not alone. A lot of mechanics feel like Kicker. Uh, what's next on the list is... Training, actually. Much like the mentor mechanic, but in reverse. Creatures with training get a plus one, plus one counter whenever they attack alongside a creature with a higher power. There are additional synergies that go with it, like Savior of Olenbrock exiling the creature from the battlefield whenever it trains. That's not all, though. From the depths of Tarkir, Exploit is also making its way to Innistrad. For those unfamiliar with it, Exploit triggers when the creature that it has enters the battlefield. It gives the option of sacrificing a creature, including the creature with the ability, in order to get a bonus ability. For example, Overcharge Amalgam counters a spell, triggered ability, or activated ability when it exploits. Did we get any new card or token types to go along with all these new mechanics? As a matter of fact, yes. Blood tokens are a new artifact token that allows a player to tap it, pay one mana, discard a card, and sacrifice it to draw a new card, functionally giving all cards in a player's hand cycling one. Plenty of spells and creatures go along with these as well, like Bloodline Harvester, which taps and sacrifices itself to give another creature minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is twice the number of blood tokens you control. All of these new cards will be available when the set releases on November 19th. Jank. Thank you, Diz. Not only are we on the cusp of a brand new magic set, but as we said in the last episode, we're in the midst of MTG content creator charity drive season. That's right. Both of our guests last episode, Bad Moon MTG and Unsummoned Skull, have completed theirs, but by no means is that all. Starting November 12th at 9pm Eastern, 6pm Pacific, Loading Ready Run will be hosting their 15th annual Desert Bus for Hope! This event has thus far raised over $7 million total over the past 14 years for the Child's Play charity. 
In short, the Loading Ready Run crew, along with some of their friends, take turns playing the worst video game ever made. A bus driving simulator. Uh, what now? You heard me. It simulates, in real time, the eight-hour bus trip from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is what passed through video games in the 90s. I mean, at least there's no chance you'll be eaten by a Gru. I was, I was almost eaten by a Gru once. Forgot a lantern while I was camping and it just came flashing out of the sky. If I hadn't had a pen laid on my keyring, I might have died. You, you met a crew in real life while you were camping. That's what I said. This will be Loading Ready Run's 15th year doing this? Yes! Ahem. <laughs> Woo! Ahem. Yes, that, yes, that's correct. Um, The crew splits into four eight-hour shifts and spends an extraordinary amount of time playing the game. This year, they'll be doing a mixture of online and in-person playing due to the pandemic. Last year, they did fully remote, right? That's right, but they still managed to break records and raise over $1 million that year. Prizes and auctions occur throughout the whole stream, from something as simple as booster packs and sealed boxes to handcrafted master swords and hedrons. The stream can be found at twitch.tv slash desertbus, and donations are already open. Our next story. The always changing list is, well, changing again. As ever. It was bitten by a vampire and a werewolf, and then Kismina worked a spell of transformation upon it so that it can never keep its form and is always roaming, seeking, hungering for stability that no magic can grant it. You, um, you don't say. No, wizards did. Wizards said that the list was bitten by a vampire and a werewolf? No, they published an article saying that 75 cards were going to be added to the list, replacing a different 75 that were leaving it. I can't fathom why they left out the part about the vampire and the werewolf. It's just one of life's great mysteries it just disappeared into the Mana Vortex. We are losing some cards, like Warren Powerstone, Shivan Meteor, and Lotus Bloom, but in exchange, we're gaining things like Joraga Tree Speaker, Bad Moon, and Assault Formation. The full extent of the changes can be found on the official Magic website. And now it's time for a break, but when we come back, ISO has info about more upcoming events, and we have a solid date information about the next couple of sets. <laughs> trying to find a way to finance your new house? Do you need to send your child to college or a parent to the home? These major life expenses can pile up. Shoddy, cut-rate lenders like Grinko always ask for more than you can give. Here at the First Planer Bank of Orzov, we can give you very fair terms. For that new house, 
we could give you an 80-year mortgage with the option to pay early or to work off your debt as a door greeter ghost like the famed Agress Coast. If you bank with us, you'll never have to worry your soul about your finances. First Planer Bank of Orzov will take care of you forever. Welcome back. Several new events are coming to Magic Arena, at least one of which allows for monetary reward. So let's head over to ISO to tell us more about them. ISO? Thank you, Jank. We'll talk about the one with the money right away with another arena open. This will be held December 4th and 5th and will be Crimson Vow Draft via popular demand for a limited arena open. Both best of one and best of three events will be available, with more details yet to come. The midweek magic event for November 16th will be a phantom draft for Crimson Vow, giving players a quick peek at the format for no charge. Phantom drafts don't allow you to keep the cards you draft with, hence the phantom part, but this still looks to be a good starter for the format. Thank you, Iso. We know more now about the winter sets, starting with Innistrad Double Feature! We still don't have an exact release date for the set, but we know the card image gallery will get its first entries on November 29th. We also know that the events for this product will begin on January 21st, with more events the following weekend. The same events will fire alongside events for the much-anticipated Commander Collection Black. The Commander Party events will also be held during this window, so that will be a busy week! And the arguably most anticipated set in several years has finally given us more details. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty dates have been made public, with previews scheduled to start on January 27th. Because Neon is totally what comes to mind when you think of Kamigawa. Well, it is a dynasty. Who knows if the Neon will stay on Kamigawa? It might slowly creep across the multiverse, devouring all. Ah! You're aware I was kidding, right? I didn't know you did deadpan. Usually you're more of a bad puns guy. Deadpan? You say plausible things in a totally plausible tone, and then you expect me not to take you seriously. Anyway, digital release for the set will be February 10th, with the following week being pre-release week, and set release falling on February 18th. The very first previews will be shown sometime before the end of 2021, but exactly when is not yet public. And on that note, it's time for us to take a much-needed break, Kit. But when we come back, we'll have a brand new News Brew segment featuring j the Unsummoned Skull. <laughs> Hi, Janky here on behalf of MTGNexus.com. Are you looking for a site to talk about the latest magic news? Find new brews to take your decks to the next level. Talk about the latest topics? Ask people's advice. Listen to great interviews? Or just hang out? Have I got the website for you? MTGNexus.com has all this and more. You can even see us go head-to-head at twitch.tv's 
slash MTG Nexus and talk to us about the game. MTGNexus.com. I'll see you there. And welcome back. And this episode on News Brews, I have J Row the Unsummoned Skull joining me in the brewery. J Row, thank you so much for uh, coming on this episode. It's my honor. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, before we get into it, how, uh, why don't you tell our listeners how your charity stream a couple weeks ago went? Uh, charity stream two weeks ago. Uh, so we wound up raising a uh, raising about it was five hundred dollars. Uh, wow, and that was research, which was awesome. Wow. That's a really good one. Uh, so congratulations to you and to everyone involved. Um, so here in the brewery, Thank what you. have you brought to talk about today? Well, I'm talking about my Quain Itinerant Meddler deck. Uh, the Rabbit Wizard, who is uh, a 1-3 uh, for Colors in Blue. You can tap each player, may draw a card. Each player who does gains a life. Nice. Uh, I remember when that was spoiled with Commander Legends, people were kind of questioning whether it was actually going to be any good as a commander. So I see you've set out to prove all the naysayers wrong. Um, why don't you tell us what the meat and potatoes of the deck are, where you want to go with it? So uh, I am a combo player, and I also love the card on Summon. So this is a deck where the meat and potatoes is... <clears throat> Uh, evacuation, bouncing the board, and then something like Jace's Archivist to uh, wheel away everything that was just bounced. Well, that's rude. <laughs> so the way the deck is looking, <laughs> so the way the deck is looking to win is to overload people's hands and wheel away everything that was just bounced. It, but it also it, it also does mass card draw. Ah. Uh... Uh, oh, okay. So there's a lot of effects in there that have everybody drawing cards. I want the hand size as big as possible so that when I pop that windfall effect, <laughs> it mill it effectively mills. It's a it's a group hug mill deck. There are no cards in the deck that expressly mill. But it just forces other people to mill because you know maximum hand sizes. <laughs> uh, so. Where what are the veggies the the stuff that just gets you where you need to be with the deck? So the cards that get you where you need to be would be some of the card draw in the deck that don't necessarily uh, put you up cards. So it's kind of an interesting spot to be in, where you want to draw cards to be able to get to your better cards. But you don't want to actually put yourself up cards in hand. So Lore Broker is an example of a card that has you and everyone else draw and then discard. Uh, So Una's Grace is a card where target player draws a card. You can target anybody. And you can use this retrace so that you you discard a land before you draw. You don't actually increase the number of cards in hand. Uh, you try to do some of those things to make it so that you are incidentally low. Uh, your deck has incidentally more cards than opponents. Huh. That is that is a neat synergy, actually. Otherwise, if everybody's drawing massive amounts of cards, then you're not winning. It's true. That's very true. 
So we know what you want to do. We know like some of the bare, bare bones of how you get there. What would you say is the spice or the sweet sauce with this? Uh, what what makes it you? The deck itself is kind of is kind of spicy, <laughs> but um, you can say the you can say just evacuation as a win condition is pretty unique to me. <laughs> but I would also say that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's unsummons. I'm winning with unsummons. <laughs> that, that's, that's me. It's kind of like the nicer version of my Simic Burn deck, which does the same thing and then Stormseekers you. <laughs> that's so mean. But, <laughs> and, uh... but in this one, the, the real spice comes in when I put out Force Fruition and then bounce the board. Uh, so Force Fruition uh, is a six-mana enchantment. Uh, whenever an opponent casts a spell, they draw seven cards, and it's not a may. So I bounce the I up uh, I evacuation the board, and uh -huh. I have ten evacuation effects in there. Uh huh. Uh, some of them more mean than others, like devastation tides all non-land permanents. <laughs> so I evacuation the board, and then <clears throat> uh, when they recast their spells, they're forced to draw seven. In some cases, it limits what they can recast. Wow. Because they don't want to just draw their whole deck. Right. <laughs> it was an interesting experiment because this is a fairly simple linear deck. It's part of my red-eye experiment where I wanted to experiment with making simple decks that do one thing and do one thing really well. Makes sense. Um, it's, it's weird as it'll sound. This actually is a simple deck because there are just 10 upheaval or 10 evacuation effects. Uh <laughs> bunch of <laughs> prosperity effects. It's a it's a different kind of wheel deck, if you will. You'd be surprised how difficult it is for people to empty their hands quickly enough. Oh, I mean, yeah, I can see where that would be a bit of a challenge, especially if you're forced to draw more every time you try to empty. So you've also brought with you a second deck to talk about. So uh, why don't we talk about that one? Who is the general for this one? Dalakos, Crafter of Wonders. Okay, and what does Dalakos do? So Dalakos is a 2-4 for 3 uh, in, in uh, Izzet or Prismari colors. Mm -hmm. You can tap it to add two, uh, to add two colorless specific mana. Uh, spend this mana only to activate or only to cast artifacts or activate abilities of artifacts. Equip creatures have flying in haste. I use him mostly as a mana dork. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I feel like I know at least partly the answer to this question. What what's the meat and potatoes for this one? What what does this deck do? So meat and potatoes for this one, it's kind of uh, there is a Joyra deck that is higher power because whenever you cast a historic spell, you draw a card. This is similar to that, uh, in that it's trying to get a lot of artifacts out. And it uses cards that enable more artifacts, uh, so it has some cards that reduce the cost, like Foundry Inspector, Herald of Kozilek, and uh, Ethereum Sculptor to reduce the cost of artifacts. Herald of, Herald of Kozilek is part of... I know you're going to get to the spice. That's one of the spicy cards in there. There's a lot of artifacts are colorless. Okay. All right. Uh, where uh, would your veggies be? So the veggies are going to be. Um, so it's, it's actually an interesting card to me, but Reckless Fireweaver, Grinding Station, 
so cards that capitalize on artifacts entering the battlefield, because I'm looking to try to go through a lot of them relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and then Paradoxical Outcome and uh, Paradoxical Outcome is part of that. Hercules Recall is part of that, where what I'm looking to do is have a lot of artifacts under the battlefield on the same turn and trigger different effects that way. Uh, in particular, the uh, Blasting Station was part of one of my first decks because um, I did not understand combat when I was learning how to play. <laughs> and so I made an Ornithop... I, I made like an all-zero drop deck that included artifact lands and just was, uh, okay, I'm going to bake a bunch of zero drops and mill everybody because I don't know how combat works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when I started blocking, playing, it was block, during. Uh, math. Well, it was when damage went on the stack. Mm. Uh, damage went on the stack. Umazawa's shit was a was a uh, not a common, but was a was a frequent site. If I say common, then you're gonna assume I meant rarity, whatever. Uh, Umazawa's <laughs> shit was a frequent site. Uh, I didn't understand how modular worked, so basically. If I attacked with things on the ground, they would, they would uh, the modular creature would die, and they so not only would my guy die because damage was on the stack at the time, but then I would just pump whatever their biggest guy was. Uh... So instead of trying to deal with that, I just milled everybody. <laughs> I mean... As you can kind of tell from Quain, although I do have combat decks, I, I assure you. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to worry about removal if they don't have anything to remove, so I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and where's the where's the spice here or the secret sauce? So, spice here for me is that it does the jobs that a deck would normally do, but all with artifacts. So, um... Like, it has Lava Brain Floodgates as one of its, uh, or, sorry, it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different, uh, artifact board, artifact-based board wipes. Wow. So, it's able to do the jobs that a deck would do, but with artifacts, and I believe the deck has about, it has more than 40 artifacts in it. Not counting artifact lands. Uh, the... I believe that uh, so including artifact lands is about forty-five. Wow. Um, probably the spiciest card in there though is Hellcat Tyrant. <laughs> of course it is. I don't even have to do damage with it. <laughs> no, just just drop it and go. <laughs> the other card that I'm looking to use at some point, uh, I haven't. Uh, I actually have, don't think I've run this deck before, but Mirrored and Besieged. Is oh, another card wow. that I'm looking to use. <laughs> so, um, so those are both alternate win cons within the artifact deck, which is awesome. One of them, yeah. uh, when I deal combat, da when it deals combat damage to a player, I take all their artifacts, and then if I have 20 or more artifacts during my upkeep, I win the game. I don't even have to trigger that, or to, to do, I don't even have to, to swing with it. I'll probably yep. have 20 or more artifacts just based on what I'm doing. And then the other one is uh, if I have 15 or more artifacts in my graveyard during my end step, and I actually mill one before that happens, 
uh, I win the game. Well, I, not just not mill one, I loot, actually. I draw a card, then discard a card, so I can control whether I'm putting more artifacts in the graveyard. And it doesn't get rid of the cards there. It doesn't get rid of the cards there. So I can mill a card, take, or not mill a card, loot, discard an artifact, take out a player. I can loot, discard something that's not an artifact, and still take out a player. Yeah. And I can do that three turns in a row and just win the game. Wow, and that's an instep trigger. Holy cow. Uh, Modern mm-hmm. Horizons once again proving it's really just Commander Masters round one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, well, that just about brings the segment to a close. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining us. And if you could just remind our listeners where they could find you. Well, one of the new places you can find me is uh, actually you can now find me on EDA track. Hey. I have had my first article published by them. And I'm about to have a set review published, uh, set review for Blue in Crimson Vow published wow. on Monday. All right, oh, tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, it's been a busy weekend. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at coach underscore J underscore RO. Uh, I am, so I run the Skull Symbol Discord channel or Discord server. There's lots of channels. Uh, you can find me. Uh, on YouTube at bit.ly backslash unsummoned skull. It's easier to find it that way. <laughs> uh, honestly, just talking about places you can find me is probably long enough for its own episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be sure to include the link. Uh, I also notes, run. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I also run the Quote of Arms podcast uh, at uh, anchor.fm backslash quote dash of dash arms. All right, um, and thank you one more time for joining us. Absolutely, it's my honor. Jero's decklist can be found in the show notes. Our final story is a follow-up to last week. Bad Mood MTG successfully held his 12-hour stream, and we have a new total in donations for his charity. At the time of this recording, Bad Moon has hit 715 out of his $1,000 goal, with $125 of that coming in on the stream day itself. He will be collecting donations through the end of the year, so head over to his Twitter to find the link for donation. That's all this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.